Hi, Bobby here. I hope you had a brilliant World Mental Health Day last week. We were delighted to be featured by podcast platform Stitcher, so if you found us through them, then welcome. As promised, we're back with the second and final Monday re-release. This one is a deep dive back to one of the first interviews I did, but remains one of my favourite episodes. Hence our guest Shanley Lewis returning for another episode on family support earlier this year. It is quite odd for me listening back to such an odd episode, which reminds me how much my interview style and our recording quality has changed, but hopefully you appreciate the contrast. We'll be back to usual now with one episode each Thursday, but do feel free to dip into our back catalogue if you want more. You don't need to listen in order. So with all that said, on with the show. This is Mentor, the podcast to destigmatize mental health. I'm Bobby Temps. Each Thursday, we delve into a factor or condition that influences the mind and how to better manage it. With special guests and sets you can trust, here we go. So this week, I'll be talking to Shanley Lewis, the creator of Good To Me self-care boxes. They're essentially like Grey's boxes, but for your mind. Um, It's something I came across her work on social media and it really interested me. Of course, self-care is so important. So it's something that I wanted to devote a whole episode to. And in the episode, we get into loads of her self-care tips, her experience, what works for her. It's always good to take some time for yourself and prioritise your well-being so that you're in the best place to support others. So in a moment, we'll get into the episode with Shanley. I just wanted to mention here a definition of self-care from psychcentral.com is self-care is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our mental, emotional and physical health. Although it is a simple concept in theory, it is something people often overlook. Good self-care is key to improve mood and reduced anxiety. It is also key to good relationships with oneself and others. So that's the definition they've used. I think it covers quite well what it is. Obviously, in this episode, we'll be mainly focusing on how self-care supports mental health, but there is a lot of crossover with physical health. Now we'll get into this really insightful interview with Shanley, who's just a delight hopefully it's a light to listen to as well so here we go who's our sponsor let's find out don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count that means getting 100 back and 100 accurate taxes only from intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hi, my name's Shanley Lewis, and I'm the founder of Good To Me. I'm also a practicing assistant psychologist working in NHS mental health services. 
Grand, okay. And so what got you interested in mental health, first of all? That's a really good question. I tend to get that quite a lot, actually. Um, So I first um, became quite interested in working in mental health um, because when I was younger, my father, um, I was quite young at that time, I think around six, he experienced a stroke Mm -hmm. where he lost nearly all his memory um <laughs> and yeah he lost all his memory um and he wasn't able to speak he didn't know who we were um he didn't know anybody in our family he couldn't name what a a cup was mm-hmm. table so during that process we had to work really hard as a family to you know kind of help him to recover again um good news is now that he has recovered really well um however because he um ended up kind of having to stop working um, as a result of it um, I think that that's when depression kind of started to kind of creep in for him um, and for, in my in my culture um, um, I know there's quite a big stigma around mental health I know there already is a stigma around mental health but I, I know that within my culture coming from a, a black ethnic culture we, we, we don't I, we don't speak about it enough it's, it's a real taboo subject um, so that's initially I was quite curious about what's going on um, I used to talk to kind of my mum um, not knowing what it was so I'm just kind of being quite curious about you know his behaviour and mood mm-hmm. um, so I then started studying psychology that was in college and then went on to doing it in university um, and that's kind of where it really sparked um, I started to kind of understand what was going on and I was able to feed that back to my family as well because um, I've had young, i got younger siblings as well Yeah, so this must have happened to you when you were quite young Yes The stroke Yes, so then we had to so I was six years old at that okay. time um, and then we so during that time he then kind of recovered so we felt like we had dad back <laughs> at that point in time but then that's when kind of um depression kind of started to kind of creep in um for him and we we didn't actually kind of talk about what that was at that time so that's where my kind of curiosity started so i was quite interested to see kind of what what is going on and then yeah, from what's studying, behind the scenes, yeah. i'm sure you got to understand him mm, a lot better. yes yes because i think at first it was more a lot of frustration actually that was coming out i think in, with everybody actually in the household so he was quite frustrated and then once i kind of started to understand exactly what's going on why it's going on why he's behaving like this maybe why he's like feeling like this that well I knew why he was probably kind of down but kind of when he was like lacking motivation things like that it could have be deemed as laziness um so you're thinking come on dad um but you know kind of through getting that understanding that's re- that that helped a lot mm-hmm. um especially in our family um so I'm interested in terms of the family was your mum open with you always about him having depression no so was that something he told you or how did you um, so out? we had to go to um, we had, well my mum eventually um, took him to the GP um, and then that's when we well it, he wasn't kind of like he was diagnosed he wasn't diagnosed because he was never he's never taken any kind of medication actually because he's quite reluctant it's another thing with our culture he's quite reluctant to to kind of accept that so that's actually yeah the, the it's interesting how the stigma can kind of vary and i definitely want to do an episode on like mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. and even just kind of 
where people fit socioeconomically separately to race seems to have such an influence on how stigma comes across like so I think for me growing up having you know two parents that are doctors and being white and being male Mm -hmm. um, there doesn't seem to be too much of a problem with me having a Mm counsellor whereas I've come across mixed thoughts on medication Mm. and things like that it's it's really odd how there's like almost a stigma hierarchy yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah so that's some more episodes for me to sort that would be really interesting i think that would be very important and you know it's it's something that needs to also be discussed quite a lot actually and it's not i don't think kind of discussed and talked about as much i think we know about it but it's really it would be really great to kind of hear um some other people's experiences of kind of the impact of that as well yeah i have um just because i've been reminded of it when you said that Mm -hmm. um there's a great um bbc documentary film Mm -hmm. um about the life of satnam sangara who's Mm -hmm. a writer for the times and um he grew up in it was either wolverhampton or warsaw Uh either way greater birmingham and um his film is called uh the boy with the top knot and it's about his like life experience and him growing up and interestingly his dad had schizophrenia and it was never talked about in their mm. family and they're from the asian community um specifically their Sikh, if i remember yeah. rightly um and it was just never talked about and it so he just never really understood growing up why his dad acted that mm-hmm. way and then it turned out as time went on that some family members knew and some didn't mm. um, and his sister ended up with a similar condition mm. and again nobody told him about that and it's, it's so like that's cycle. yeah and it whilst it's difficult to sort of lay any cause or effect it does make you wonder if maybe people were more open about it would that in some situations break the cycle of certain conditions being passed down that, 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 that's interesting I don't know about kind of whether it would um, kind of whether it would um, kind of like break the cycle of it being passed down I think more um, from an angle of kind of maybe help and support as mm-hmm. well and getting the, the right support as well because I think um, as I was kind of saying before um, initially when we kind of started to see kind of what was going on we it was maybe well, I would say anger and frustration that was the first emotion mm-hmm. maybe that he might have been getting from a lot of the people in the household which is not helpful mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think it would help in terms of like recovery and support for, for, for the individual and possibly I would say in relation to kind of breaking the cycle it could it could help. It's difficult to say because it's, yeah, I'm it's, not. I don't mean to imply there's yeah, any yeah. kind of cause and effect. Yeah. However, on the subject of self care, which uh-huh. this episode is yes. all about, if you maybe grow up in a household where you have parents that don't look after themselves mm-hmm. well enough, that maybe are prioritising other things like work, mm-hmm. um, all the kids or whatever it is, over taking time for themselves. Yeah maybe that's something that can be passed Passed on on, and have an influence on the kids' mental health in the future. Yeah, so kind of it's, yeah, passing on these kind of coping skills and how you kind of cope and manage yourself. And that links in then to what you do at the moment in terms of your work with mental health services in London. And could you tell us a bit more about that? 
Um, so at the moment, I'm an assistant psychologist, so I'm working um, in a early intervention for psychosis team, mm-hmm. um, mainly working with family members, but also clients who experience psychosis, which um, usually kind of affects people's sense of reality, mm-hmm. um, and they sometimes some of the symptoms of that. Um, is they would see things or hear things and that might not be there so I do kind of a lot of work with family as well um, Some most of the work that I do at the moment is about supporting the family and their emotional well-being by helping them to kind of look after themselves and also prioritise their needs because they have a caring role and most of the time the parents or you know the carers I prefer to say you know like family members or loved one um they 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 tend to put a lot of effort and usually their whole life is revolved around caring which is great but however you know kind of the message is that you know you can't pour from an empty cup so if your cup's empty Mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to be able to help your loved one who is going through a difficult time or is having strange experiences you might not be able to you know take that very well so for example if you've been up making sure, you know, they might be up at night or really distressed, you might have been then stayed up or, you know, have just continued and maybe taken a break. Um, and then that maybe might have led to you not having enough sleep. So it's like simple things like sleep, if that's effective, affected, um, you, you know, you're going to be less likely to tolerate certain things mm-hmm. and your stress levels are just going to keep on going higher and higher and higher. So we kind of use the analogy of um, a pressure cooker. So Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, it's go, 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 go. So if you continue to take in all of the stress and you're not taking that time for yourself, um, eventually you will explode. So that's the message that I try to also get um, across to the carers as well. It's really great to hear about that kind of work because I think family members can be overlooked when there's limited services Mm. available. Um, The obvious thing is to prioritise the person in need and not always their family. Yeah. So it's really important work. It definitely is. And also kind of um, like working for myself, working in mental health, it's a very um, demand, it can be very demanding, but very, very rewarding. And I I absolutely love love, um, working with in mental health. But it can be, you know, also kind of emotionally draining for us because we hear lots of difficult stories. So that's kind of during supervision. So normally every week I would have like a supervision where I would meet with um, maybe somebody who's higher than me. We'll just have a conversation about any of the cases or anything, you know, that's come up during the week. Um, and that's where usually the message um, is said, you know, that I also need to make sure that I'm taking, you know, care of myself. Because um, I remember when I first started in mental health, I came in thinking I was <laughs> like a superhero, like, yes, I'm going to help everyone. Um, and I was told very soon to, you know, you know, I've got to kind of take, calm that down. And sometimes you're not always able to help everybody um, and you can only do your best. Yeah. So making sure that I'm, you know, kind of aware of signs of burnout um, and things like that. So really taking time for myself. Um, when work's finished, work is finished. Yeah. Those, having those boundaries etc so no, that's really the message, important yeah so. and that's across the board not just for those working mental health mm. but even if 
like the, some of the families you deal with, you're dealing with uh, a loved one or a friend um, who you're supporting. Mm-hmm. It's so important to take the time out for you. Yeah. And also to to talk to someone else about it, mm-hmm. um, because let's say oh, that burden. Yeah. So if if for example it's with a friend, and you know, obviously as the podcast, we're trying to really encourage conversations around mental health. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, talk to friends about it. Mm-hmm. However, if maybe you're the only person they're talking about the burdens what do they say like a problem 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 shared is a problem half there we go i knew there was a saying for that but then again you're Mm -hmm. getting their half Mm -hmm. and so it's important that then you also talk to someone as well so it's great that in most mental health services you have that set up with the supervisor yeah so where you're kind of sharing that load because I think it can be really easy to be hypocritical mm-hmm. because you can tell your clients all about self-care and then go home and be focused on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I tend to think that happens quite a bit, definitely. I feel that sometimes that could be the culture, um, especially when, you know, uh, most of the people who are in those roles are very are caring people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you just want to continue to just give, give. Um, yeah, you want to give as much having, as you yeah, can. And it's about having those those boundaries and knowing why, you know, you've got them in place. Because mm-hmm. I know there's, you know, there's kind of a lot about kind of self, you know, self-care isn't selfish. So that's, again, another message, again, to kind of get across that. It might seem to some people um, that it can be quite a selfish mm-hmm. act to maybe say no to something or you know say I'm gonna you know do this for me um those messages tend to be quite quite hard to to get across yeah I have a quote for that oh I'm rustling um so we'll probably put that this up on Instagram as well from Bertrand Russell who said time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time yeah I thought that was a really nice way of putting it I like that um so no I think I think that is a really important message and it's one that I think in many cases you have to be in to truly understand because the the natural thinking would be I'll give everything I can mm. to this work or this person yeah. um, but actually it's more like a bell curve yeah. there's only so much of you you can give until you start it's becoming ineffective exactly. so no that's that's really important and so from there you started your own business as well yes um so that's good to me uk so good to me um so originally that also start kind of it it came from what what i was doing so also practicing self-care myself and then working in mental health as well um because when um when i was on the ward so there was one point where i was working on the ward and this um, was a previous role yes this was a previous role one of the like first indicators usually when somebody was coming onto the ward was and this is a mental health specific yes so an inpatient ward um we we, when, when somebody came into the ward 
um, most of the time we were able to use their self-care or their poor self-care as an indicator of their mental state mm-hmm. um, so most of the time um, you know they had, might have not kind of had any like washed or brushed their hair those kind of things and that was an indicator you know a visual indicator for us to see that you know maybe they're not doing so well right now um, because also um, usually when we're not doing our best or when we're not feeling our best usually it's our self-care that's the first thing to to go you know Mm -hmm. you probably not be prioritizing your sleep or not be sleeping as well not be eating as well so all these kind of different changes are probably like kind of first indicators for us to kind of be in tune and know okay maybe I'm gonna have to kind of start you know doing a bit more Mm -hmm. um because I'm quite you know I strongly believe that you know your self care needs change as well, um, depending on your circumstances. So if you're kind of going through a really difficult time, um, you know that's where you know you're going to need to kind of focus more on yourself and making sure that you're scheduling and putting different things in you know in your day in your week that are going to be helpful to you mm-hmm. it could be really small things even like if it's just making sure that you you're drinking some water um because sometimes we can get so busy we forget those basic our basic needs mm-hmm. as well um it's just having kind of a drink of water getting some fresh air um it can be anything and it really depends person to person Mm -hmm. it changes Um, so it's one that there's common ones that are quite Mm. universal but ultimately it's important to take the time to check in with yourself and know what really works for you Mm -hmm. that's great insight so far and so could you talk us through then um, what kind of self-care works for you Mine is making sure I'm I'm really into kind of routines. I work really well with routines. So um, I've got kind of a morning and an evening routine. Mm-hmm. Morning routine that consists of af- affirmations in the morning. Um, and then just kind of making sure that I'm giving kind of something back to myself. So I'm feeding my brain, feeding my soul um, and preparing myself for the day. Um, also making sure that I'm going to sleep on time. Sometimes this is quite tricky, but I definitely know the difference between when I have had sleep mm-hmm. and when I have not had sleep. And um, I cannot yeah, function too well. I'm actually somebody who probably needs more than the recommended seven to eight hours. I need about nine. Mm-hmm. Um so sleep exercise making sure I'm at least walking um, around 30 minutes so I've now been even incorporating skipping um, but just kind of using what is around me in terms of like exercise wise and not making it a big thing where I get maybe a personal trainer or even having to go to the gym so I would even just ask a friend go let's kind of go for a walk well that's a great point because it doesn't have to be Mm. a big thing Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be a massage or a personal trainer or a day out it can just be sometimes a day in yeah yeah um, so it definitely varies for each person. Um, you mentioned before about like in the morning you like to do kind of affirmations mm-hmm. and mentally mm-hmm. set yourself up. Could you talk yes. us through that in more detail? Yes. Um, so what I've done is I've created a, a list of around about 10 um, affirmations mm-hmm. um, that I've got printed out on my board in the morning. Um, and I just read those while I say them out loud to myself mm-hmm. um, in the mirror 
um, and I say them with conviction to myself, um, just to mentally prepare and set myself up for the day. Um, so, you know, we all kind of get sometimes negative thoughts um, and that's just a way to make sure kind of I'm feeding myself with kind of positivity and keeping myself on track and focused throughout the day. So if sometimes, you know, I might not be feeling 100%, you know, I'm just reciting those to myself and I have noticed a really big difference like it's really it's a really it's a really great thing I encourage like so so many people um you know to do that I encourage my friends I'm like let's do it in the morning let's let's wake up and let's have this conversation and get ready for work I it's a nice way to start the day no that's really nice and it's something that I think people can try and feel a bit silly Mm. but it really does make a difference um a lot for me a lot of becoming okay with my appearance Mm. more is to do with that is to do with those conversations in the mirror and trying to just focus on the Mm -hmm. positives because it does make such a difference and it's so universal we all have that voice Mm -hmm. in our head yeah and it's it's generally really creative at thinking of bad things and so it's almost like um building up almost like a muscle you need to practice um yes. getting that voice to be yeah. positive mm-hmm. um it's something that i i do like even if i'm going for an interview or something yeah. i'll like just whatever comes to mind i'll just be like you're the best in the industry like completely like exaggerated yeah. stuff but actually i think if you say something enough mm-hmm. your brain is no yeah is no longer able to really distinguish yeah. whether or not it yeah. sounds silly yeah because um you know our brains we actually our brains find it quite difficult to actually know kind of what is reality and what's not so in a way that's what you're doing you're kind of taking something that you might not seem as real might not be seen as reality at that moment and you know bringing it over to the conscious mind Mm -hmm. um, to reality absolutely and that's something that particularly i think everyone can learn from that but particularly with certain mental health conditions um, like anxiety for example something that can be um, quite small in the grander scheme of things like someone's not texted you back mm. can quickly spiral into yeah. why have they not done that rereading a message right. 10 times yeah. have I upset them yeah. um, maybe something's happened to them and it can easily spiral for people this sort of inner voice can quickly spiral into the most extreme cases and so actually it's it's really good practice to get better at becoming aware of that and becoming used to telling yourself the opposite Mm. trying to just change the conversation in your head because actually it can just change by itself anyway you because in most cases in a situation like someone not texting you back when they do text you back then all the anxiety goes so ultimately feeling that way hasn't helped um and that's you know a symptom of the condition so it's it's just really good to hear that you do those affirmations I don't feel like enough people do yeah I think people are kind of starting to hear a bit more about it and some people are kind of starting to I practice it more mm-hmm. um but I think it's definitely the practice 
that that's what kind of helps to kind of embed it um keeping it kind of getting it stuck into mm-hmm. your brain getting it stuck into your routine um and as you was kind of saying before kind of when you first start you might feel a bit uncomfortable it might feel a bit strange but then you know as you continue um you'll definitely kind of reap the benefits so that's when you know all of that kind of uncomfortable feeling will will go but definitely it would be you know kind of conversation you have in your head it's kind of helping you to change that into a bit more of a kinder kinder conversation that you mm-hmm. might have in, in in your head with with yourself um because at the end of the day um it is you who is going through this world um and kind of dealing and coping with all these difficulties that life can throw at you mm-hmm. um so you know you have to be your own friend um, yeah. and just be that extra kind of push so it might feel a bit strange kind of saying uh, you know you are doing well come on you can do it keep on going or you know I'm excellent I'm great I'm fantastic I'm beautiful I'm loved you know and you know when you when you start to say these things it, it does build you know your the emotional connection does start to build um and it will start to also make you feel so much better because you know sometimes you could wake up in the morning having not the best day or not feeling completely great and you've said these things and because you've been saying this to yourself um you know every day every morning you've built that emotional connection with it and it again makes you feel so uplifted because you know kind of i'm all about also kind of putting positivity out there as well and you'll be reaping that back Mm -hmm. um yeah and that reminds me of I've mentioned I think this before mm. with uh, Lisa Nichols who's a motivational speaker mm. I love and love she her. said I love her, love her. oh you know her too her. that's great um, so with her she says you've got to be the example to the world on how mm. to love you um, and I think that's so important because so often we're self care people confuse it and they make it other people care and they yes. they really care for others and then they expect that back and it doesn't always work out ultimately you need to know yourself Mm -hmm. and what you need first Mm -hmm. um to show anyone else what it is to look after you she talks a lot about kind of showing people how to treat you as well and I think that again comes I think when when you're practicing self-care it it does help you to be a lot more self-aware and I think self-awareness is one of the main you know aspects of like practicing self-care and it, it does come with practicing it doing it often being aware of okay does this work for me not everybody finds maybe a candle buying a candle winding down before bed helpful mm-hmm. and it's yeah again kind of what works for you and then you're also able to communicate that to somebody else if you're you know not able to do it for yourself as well yeah and it's just a matter of prioritizing yourself mm. because I think it's something that that ultimately shows people um, that are good at looking after them, Mm -hmm. not only is their mental health better, but often it's positive for their relationships as Mm -hmm. well um, and how they come across the world. One of the people I really look up to is my agent for the modeling work I do. Mm -hmm. And she's, she'll know exactly how high she is. So I'm not going to guess a height, but she's a lot smaller than most models would be. Um, but she really stands out in a group of them because she's so confident mm-hmm. and she knows who she is. Yeah. And a lot of the models that are coming in very young to it, they don't. Yeah. Um, and so despite her not having the stereotypical model beauty, she's the person that draws your eye 
and you you straight away know she's the authority mm-hmm. figure and I think that's so powerful yeah and so whether it's your physical appearance or whatever you may think about yourself I think in many cases it's more powerful to think positively about mm. yourself mm. than it is actually how you look yeah. because yeah. I've known a lot of really insecure models and it's very unattractive perfume mm. to wear mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's, it's it's so important to kind of be able to be it, it's, it's quite difficult like on the topic of self-awareness I think it does come with time mm-hmm. for some people um, because I think it's about you being reflective quite self-reflective and that's I think a skill for some people to to develop mm-hmm. so it's, it's really taking you know your time and really looking at maybe reflecting on different situations um but I think if you're somebody maybe who doesn't kind of who's not reflective you're just going to keep on kind of going down that that same route mm-hmm. so I think one thing also and um, that helps kind of me as well in terms of reflection and um, I do kind of see myself as quite a reflective person anyway in general but you know it's something in terms of my practice which is encouraged a lot is just kind of keeping like a journal just writing down kind of how today how today went so that's something that's part of yeah, my yeah because it forces you to well. start to see those yeah. patterns and but work on taking that time okay so today you know you know I managed to wake up on time these are examples today I managed to wake up up on time um I had a great day at work but I was having you know the what didn't go so well was I was having negative thoughts so what I will do tomorrow what you do differently would be I'm going to have to say make sure I say my affirmations at least three times during the day so it's just that you're eventually kind of working to build up on yourself to be it's good that you mentioned that because my mind (laughs) straight away went to like friends because i feel like everyone has that friend that keeps making the same mistakes yes whether it's like they always go for the wrong type of partner or um and i think you know you could potentially put a lot of that down self-care lacking yeah or just lack of self-awareness yeah and really that all comes down to again yourself that all those things kind of that you're doing as well in terms of like self-care that does impact on your self-esteem and your worth exactly because you're you know you're loving on yourself you're nurturing you're nourishing yourself yeah and and you can try and tell the friends and they won't want to hear (laughs) realistically (laughs) and even if they do listen Mm. they have to make the change for themselves themselves. and that's what i was kind of saying it's like for people to kind of go through these experiences by themselves and and it might take a big knock for them to you know it might take a knock for them to actually say well okay this is going on now I maybe need to make that change but we all go through different journeys um in life and there's different things that might draw our attention or get our attention straight away and others maybe not and that can be down to so many different things can be you know kind of upbringing role models Mm -hmm. as you've talked about um so many different things but I think we do have the power as well to be able to change that and take control of you know ourselves and by looking after yourself by focusing on you putting yourself first will help you to eventually be a better human being mm-hmm. good <laughs> I'm, I'm literally just looking through my notes of lists of fine. suggested um self-care tips i mean yes. it's great we've actually covered most of them that i have here um 
one thing maybe to note to link in would be mindfulness that's a more and more common practice nowadays is that something that's included in the work that you do at all yes um so and that's something i do kind of with carers and with clients Mm -hmm. um also practice it myself and there's lots of great apps out there as well um so there's headspace um, I'll probably I'll recommend that them. Yeah. That's great. And actually, recently I noticed they've started doing mental health-specific ones. Okay. I know they've definitely got one on depression, um, okay. potentially more, so they're really tailored to the particular oh, that's conditions. That's excellent. I know they're a very, very good app, and I think they're, they're recommended like everywhere. It's very simple to use as well, mm-hmm. and they have reminders, <laughs> which is great. Just prompt you in the morning to do your your mindfulness or your your meditation which is really helpful and so i've just got a definition here for mindfulness what it is in case i think more people are familiar with what meditation is yes um mindfulness is a therapeutic technique that involves being more aware of the present moment this can mean both outside in the world around you and inside in your feelings and thoughts practicing mindfulness can help you become more aware of your own moods and reactions but not everyone finds it meaningful or helpful so there's a quick disclaimer on the end there and with that one we've got that from mind that particular definition i think also what's quite important to add to that is um about kind of yeah kind of being aware of yourself kind of in the present moment and not and and there's like a non-judgmental aspect of it so that's really really, important yeah Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people would have experience of if they've done meditation mm-hmm. in particular as well mm-hmm. is that there's this misconception that it's all about silencing the mind and actually I think we've all tried that and I'm yet to know anyone that makes that work um, so really with meditation it's creating that kind of almost separation where you can see the thoughts come and go yeah. and you're not going to let them change how you feel you're just like oh that's interesting and in practicing techniques like this regularly again it's similar to like your book your, mm. that you write in that could be considered a form of mindfulness where you're checking in with yourself regularly so that you're seeing what comes up consistently because it sounds really yeah. silly but there's so much that you don't notice until you try something like that I've, yeah. um, I used to do meditation I don't so much anymore mm. I think that's mainly my mental health is better than it was okay. But it was really helpful for me at the time. And there'd be fun things that would pop up, like I'd realise I had an ache somewhere mm. and I didn't even realise because I was too busy yeah. rushing it's around. You have to do. Yeah. And it's funny because you don't, you wouldn't assume you're going to learn things about your own body, but actually people don't pay a lot of attention. Yeah. And I think that it gives you that space as well, kind of to kind of check in with yourself. I think um, yeah, it's again all about prioritizing yes. it, making time for and yourself. Really just saying, okay, how am I? How am I feeling? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then taking those, making those actions um, to kind of do something about it, even if it's a small, a small action kind of something I, I like to say kind of something's better than nothing I don't think when I'm kind of saying some of these things to people they say well how am I supposed to do that this problem's not going to go away you know you might not be able to kind of get this kind of problem to go away there's still small things that can help you during that time until you know there's a solution for what you're mm-hmm. you know what you're going through at that point in time yeah so there's always something that can be done or make you feel that bit 
better. Well, that's the thing. Actually, in certain situations, it doesn't actually have to change anything. Sometimes yeah. it's just enough to look after yourself, yes. even when something's going badly. And there's many situations where you may not be feeling your best, like you're waiting for some kind of like tests or medical results mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and nothing's going to change that's the outcome. Yeah. You're still going to have to wait. And so that's an example where these kind of techniques could be really helpful. Yeah even if they don't need to change the outcome. But I've also got some statistics here on where it does seem to help outcomes with mental health. And these are from the Mental Health Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I'll quote directly from their site. The evidence base for mindfulness is growing and there's room for it in a wide variety of settings. They offer an online mindfulness course and that's backed with research from Oxford University. So the study in particular, found on average there was a 58% reduction in anxiety levels and a 57% reduction in depression levels, plus a 40% reduction in stress levels amongst people who completed this course that they offer. So you can find that via the Mental Health Foundation website if you want to try mindfulness for free. Yes. Because, um, yeah, there's there's lots of kind of mindfulness courses um, that you might have to also pay for um, and mindfulness kind of coaches and things like that. But it's great that they have that accessible for, for free for you mm-hmm. to use. So we're coming up to the end of our time. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's so sad. <laughs> um, so we'll just finish up with, could you tell us a bit more specifically about the organisation you run and what that entails. Yes. Um, So Good To Me is a brand that was founded in 2017, so last year, and it's about supporting people in the practice of self-care to help improve their mental well-being. Um, So there's various ways in which we do that. We have um, a self-care box. So it's a monthly subscription box, or you can get a one-off box. Um, Every month, the theme changes. Mm -hmm. Usually the theme is an affirmation. Um, And inside the box, there are five items aimed at soothing each of your five senses. So that's based on psychological principles that help you to self-soothe. So we have workshops also um, that we run monthly. um, And then we also around at events as well. But we really, um, especially on our Instagram, we are just there to kind of motivate people and inspire people to continue and remind them to continue to kind of take care of themselves, whatever way, whatever shape that looks like for them but helping people to prioritize themselves and feel comfortable in that in doing i really like that because that's something we try and do on uh instagram as well is is we have quotes on that and it's trying to make that a bit of a service in and of itself um so no i i'm definitely motivated by your social media and so where can people find that so um on all socials actually you can find us um at Good to me, UK. So G O O D T O M E UK. She just really wants you to follow. She, she I do. does know you can spell. <laughs> and you have a website as well? And we have a website which is www.goodtomeuk.com. And you can find out so much more information there and get much more resources. Awesome. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast, Shannon. It's been great to speak to you. It's been great being here. Thank you so much for having me. And now, 
an account for a healthier online world. As we mentioned her in the episode, this week I'm recommending you all follow Lisa Nichols. She's an incredible best-selling author and motivational speaker, and she can be found on Twitter at 2Motivate, as in the number 2Motivate, and also on Instagram, where she is Lisa2Motivate, again with the number 2. She's someone that's been a great inspiration um, to me. It was a surprise speaking to Shani that we both heard of her, as she's not as big over here in the UK. But definitely give her a, a follow and take a look at her videos. She has loads of free content, as well as her books, around just being the best you. Thank you for listening. For a list of our recommended resources, visit mentalpodcast.co.uk. And remember, we are in no way a substitute for qualified counselling or other mental health support. Our show is edited and produced by the brilliant Pete Murta with licensed music by NetSky. Links in the description. Speak to you next Thursday. And remember, you are enough.